This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Trinchley for Wahoo's 24-7 and it's late Wednesday. We had to combine both of our episodes in one because of the short week. So we're going to have the Tony Elliott takeaways from his press conference, but we also will have a guest in the second half of the show where we break down the game between Virginia and Syracuse. So first big ACC game for Virginia. They'll hit the road to face the Orange on Friday night. So it's also a short week, which means they actually practiced on Sunday night, one day removed from beating Old Dominion. So when we looked at the depth chart that was released by Virginia, there wasn't overwhelmingly big changes. And actually, there were quite a few changes the quite a few non-changes that we expected them to make, if that makes sense. So first, the only changes that we saw on the offensive side of the ball was the fact that the O-line is now the O-line that we saw start against Old Dominion. So that means Jonathan Leach is now officially with the ones where in the depth chart before the game against ODU, he was still named in the twos. Billy Kemp was still listed in that offense. But as we found out, Virginia head coach Tony Elliott said that he does not anticipate Billy Kemp playing against Syracuse. The wide receiver has been dealing with an illness and then had dehydration issues on Friday night. So he did not play against Old Dominion and he only saw the doctor on Wednesday. So he has not been cleared yet. And Elliott said he didn't anticipate to. Um, He has yet to practice with the team as Virginia travels to Syracuse on Thursday. Now, the other injury that we're monitoring is defensive back Antonio Clary. Clary did not play against Old Dominion despite warming up. He's been dealing with a stinger on his shoulders that he picked up against Illinois. But again, remember, if you followed us during fall camp, he was one that was dealing with a shoulder issue during fall camp as well. He's day-to-day, and Tony Elliott said that he's a game decision. But from what we hear, he should be a player that's good to go again They're going to see how he handles warm-up, but things are trending in the right direction when it comes to Clary. The only thing else that you want to make take a note when it comes to Deb Sharp was Deshaun Perry. Deshaun Perry is still listed at Will Linebacker on the Deb Sharp, but if you watch the game against ODU, you realize that he didn't play linebacker. He actually played defensive end, and that was a decision that they made last week, so he got moved to Chris Slade's room at Bandit because they had enough depth at linebacker and because Jack Camper 
was nursing an injury. They needed more bodies in that position. So he came in and he did well. Um, he had one particular play. Now, if you followed us on closer look, and actually, if you look at our game recap, we showed an inter- a, a very big play of his when he was in line of scrimmage. He was able to see not just that he was able to stay in line of scrimmage and saw that the quarterback uh, didn't have the ball. It was actually their running back. Watson had the ball and he was able to grab Watson, tackle him before he was able to cut back, which probably had more, would cause more damage. So Deshaun Perry did a good job in that game, and now he's in that bandit position, and I expect him to contribute a little bit more because they need more bodies in that D-line. They love rotating guys to keep them fresh. And in a game like Syracuse, you need guys to stay fresh. We're going to dive deeper into Syracuse here in just a bit, but we just wanted to focus a little bit on what Tony Elliott said in this press conference. So that's just a depth chart and some injury notes going into the game against the Orange. The other thing that Tony Elliott mentioned was that they're still trying to balance what Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong does. And I think the big thing that they're still focusing on is him being that game manager. He pointed out again that play in that second quarter where he fumbled midfield where he already got the first down, but instead fumbled the ball after he continued to fight for yardage, although the ball... Uh, the wrist was below your elbow, so he didn't have really big control. So someone hit him, the ball fell out. So in no situations, get out of bounds, slide. So those are the things that they want him to learn more about or just do better is the game management part. Um, they continue to say that the positive that they continue to see in this offense is they amass over 500 yards against ODU but they didn't score points. So it's a moral victory, but as you know, there's no moral victory in sports, but at the same time, it's a good positive direction where they were able to move the ball. Well, they just need to execute and use their technique better. Now, when I say that Syracuse is going to have cause some problems in that regard. Now the O-line did show improvement against ODU, but the O-line and his Virginia offense is going to have a challenge against this Syracuse defense. The way this defense is set up is a 3-3-5, but it's the way they use their blitz, blitzes. It's very multiple. Uh, it's, they have a lot of creative and deceptive blitzes. They use their guys in different position, like Michael Jones is using coverage, using the second level. They use their weapons wisely. That was something that if you look at how the Syracuse defense lines up, it's actually very smart. Because when you're a Syracuse, a Syracuse team and program, you recruit a type of athlete that sometimes need a little more time to grow. So what they do is they put these guys in position to succeed, but also use their, because they're not as big, so they use their speed to their advantage. So that's a very smart way to do it. And it's going to be a challenge. And I actually asked Tony Elliott during his press conference, what is the biggest challenge? And it was quite the reaction from the Virginia head coach. Take a listen and watch. They're pretty creative and deceptive when it comes to their blitzes. What's the biggest challenge when you face something like that? <laughs> so my, my message to the, to the guys on offense is, one, we got to be poised. Two, we got to be disciplined. And, uh, and then we got to make sure that uh, we capitalize when we can capitalize because if, if you win a 10-play drive with what they do on defense, you can see 10 different fronts. You know, you can see 10 different fronts. You can see a different assortment of blitzes. Man, they got, they got guys all over the place. And so 
Uh, they're going to have to really, our guys are really going to have to trust their training and, and communicate. And they're going to make it difficult to communicate because of, of how loud it gets in there. And so uh, it's always a challenge. They do a great job. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're good coaches. And what they do is they give their guys a chance. Because if you look at their roster uh, defensively, they got a lot of young guys. And they got guys that they're developing. And so the guys may not be uh, the size that they want them. So then they have to put them in positions to make plays while they're trying to develop them. And so uh, they're, they're, I would say, all over the place. They have a rhyme and reason. It's hard for you. Uh, on this side to figure out what that rhyme and reason is, but our guys are just going to have to be disciplined because they're going to see they're going to see odd fronts, they're going to see bare fronts, they're going to see oaky fronts, they're going to see four down fronts, they're going to see all the different variation three three stack. I mean they they do it they do it all. I don't know how they have enough time to coach all of it to be honest with you. So just to echo what Tony Elliott said during that press conference, this is going to be a challenge for a young old line still finding its way. Yes, they made huge strides. But when you see what the orange can do with their various alignments from one snap to the next, you may cause some identification issues for this O-line. So it's not going to be as, you know, when you look at ODU, it's not going to be as easy to read compared to what they face at ODU. So this is going to be a challenge for the Virginia O-line. And I think I really love this quote by Tony Elliott when he compares running the ball when he compares running the ball against the Syracuse D line, like running through the smoke from a crash at NASCAR. Listen. So the biggest thing is the backs got to understand what kind of game this is. Uh, you know, I call this a, you got to get the dirty yards. Okay. You got to run through the smoke kind of like NASCAR. You know, there's a wreck in front of you, but you better hit the gas and close your eyes and, and hope you come through on the other side. So they're going to have to have a downhill mentality uh, and they're going to have to be erasers uh, because it's going to be hard to expect the guys up front to be perfect with all of the movements. So it's not just the alignments. I mean, they align one way and then they're constantly moving. If you watch them, there's a twist game on every on, on every game. You know, they got they got the backers coming in and picking and looping and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, the battle in the trenches is what's going to be highlighted, just like it was against Illinois. On the offensive side for Virginia, that O-line is going to have a – challenge against that multiple defensive front good thing coach rudd does play multiple fronts so maybe that experience in training camp does help but then on the flip side the syracuse o-line is very big very physical another challenge for virginia when it comes to that side of the ball we're going to break down what syracuse can bring in this game we're going to talk about robert and i we're going to talk about jason beck and that reunion in just a few seconds when we bring in cuesnation.com James Finneral. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And as you can see, I am joined by James Fineral from CuseNation.com. James, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Really happy to be here. So this is the first big ACC test for Virginia. Uh, Syracuse is coming in perfect. Virginia obviously losing to Illinois. James, we've got to just talk about the elephant in the room first because this is a big talking point. I know Tony Elliott says he doesn't want this to be the talking point, but it still is. It's going to be a reunion. Robert and I and Jason Beck are two former Virginia assistants. They're coaching on the other sideline wearing a different shade of orange and blue. What have been the impression of both of these coaches in Syracuse among the fans and the players? I would say in general, first impression has been very good. I mean, just based on how this offense has performed in the first three games as of last year, this was a very one-dimensional Syracuse team, very reliant on the run, specifically Sean Tucker was an amazing player. You want to use him a lot, but you have to be able to threaten defenses in other ways. And Robert and I and Jason Beck have really shown a different dimension to this Syracuse offense that's already really taken off through the air. Garrett Schrader is almost halfway to his total passing yards from last season, which is a great sign. And now they can do, move into different sets and confuse some defenses, especially when you have two guys like Schrader and Tucker back there and run some RPOs, things like that, and confuse some defenses. And so I think Robert and I and Jason Beck have really made solid impressions out the gate here in Syracuse and excited to see what they have in store moving forward. So what has changed when you watch Schrader? So just for uh, kind of kind of a background. He is now completing 66.2% of his passes for 709 yards, eight touchdowns, and zero turnovers. Actually, the Q's offense is only one of four FBS teams to not have committed a turnover so far this season. What has Beck and Anai done that has made Schrader such a more efficient uh, passing guy? I really like some of the designs that Anai has brought over from Virginia, and I think it's found some creative ways to get the playmakers the ball. I mean, the Syracuse team does have a lot of solid athletes on it, and it was just a matter of getting them the ball in space. And specifically, Sean Tucker, he's being utilized a lot more in the passing game. They're making sure getting him involved in some screens and even splitting him out wide and having him run some traditional routes. And I think that's just been the biggest difference. They're scheming guys open and then since they are such solid athletes, they can make plays after the catch. And I think that's been the biggest difference for the Syracuse offense as opposed to last year, as I said, was more of a one-dimensional team. Um, you know, if uh, James, I don't know if you followed Virginia last year or know anything about Robert and I in Virginia. I think a lot of UVA fans are like, what? He's running the ball? That was That was a huge contention with UVA. So I think you shocked a few fans by saying that he runs the ball as well as pass the ball. Um, that was a UVA fans had a lot of words for Robert and I when he was here, but kind of going from that, because you said they're not one dimensional anymore, which is the reason why this offense improved. And actually one of the biggest glaring stats that I saw was when I was looking through and looking at one of the wide receivers around Gadsden, who caught that game winner against uh, Purdue last week, he 
be a mismatch issue for Virginia. Um, he's a hybrid wide receiver tight end. He already has, um, what was it? It was three touchdown receptions for him. While last year there was only seven touchdown receptions for the entire wide receiver room. How much can he be a problem for Virginia this game? So the interesting thing is I really didn't see one specific wide receiver or tight end specifically step up until last week. Gadsden had a huge game. As you mentioned, the game-winning touchdown really looked like he had a nice connection going with Schrader. So potentially look for him to maybe be that number one target moving forward. And as you said, might pose a bit of a matchup issue for Virginia. I mean, we can say that on the other side of the ball as well with some of the big receivers that Virginia has as well. But, yeah, I would expect Schrader and the offense to try to exploit that matchup, continue to get Gadsden involved because he is a very terrific athlete. And that route that he ran for that game-winning touchdown was absolutely spectacular, let alone that ball from Schrader. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a big part of the game plan this week and excited to see what he can do moving forward. The offense struggled a little bit in the last game. It took a while to get going. What was it that Purdue did that stifled this offense for, what, three quarters? Yeah, that was really interesting and honestly surprising. Purdue does have a very solid defense, but I think it really started with shutting down the run. I think every team has kind of come in with the idea of let's stop Sean Tucker and the run game. They know he's the best offensive player on Syracuse, so it makes perfect sense to try to shut him down. But I think the difference here, as opposed to some of the other games, was the job by the defensive backs of Purdue. Garrett Schrader was he had plenty of time. The offensive line was doing a solid job, but he just wasn't able to get it away. Plenty of throwaways just because I'm going to assume that guys were well covered. And I think that really threw Syracuse for a loop. And they also kept Schrader contained as well, because usually if you do try to shut down Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader can keep it for himself, use his athleticism, get some first downs, pick up some yardage. But that wasn't really doing much either. However, they did start to pull through in that fourth quarter. You watched the game. I think it was 42 combined points between the two teams. So they did break through eventually. But, yeah, Purdue had them really stifled for a while, and it took a while for Syracuse to, to adjust to that. You know, when I look at this matchup, this is the last question on the offensive side of the ball. When I look at this matchup, I really do think that old saying it's going to be a game one in the trenches is really true on this. When you look at that O-line for Syracuse, they're big, they're physical. And then you look at this D-line for Virginia that has improved every game. They've already recorded eight sacks. Yes, they've let 349 yards so far this season on average per game, but that was also Illinois is counted in that. Um, what what do you see like what do you see as the advantage for Syracuse in that matchup? I I think the offensive line has really been the key for, for Syracuse offense to even get going in the first place. And I think just the size and strength. I mean, with opponents in the past, they've had that size and strength advantage and being able to create those gaping holes for whether it be Sean Tucker giving Garrett Schrader plenty of time. And I think they're working well as a unit. This is a unit that doesn't have much experience together heading into the season. And it's been honestly a bit of a pleasant surprise to see how well they have gelled. Everyone kind of seems to be on the same page right now. And I think that is going to be one of the key factors in this matchup specifically with Virginia. Now, moving to the defensive side, um, in the first half of the show, James, we I actually asked Tony Elliott about this defense and why it's so challenging because of you know, the creative and deceptive blitzes. And it was funny to see Tony Elliott's reaction to that question because he was head nodding and then he went, 
and just started laughing because he said that it is hard to plan. You can't plan all the different motions, all the different changes, all the different assignments because it changes so quickly and even pre-snap. So he joked, it's, he's like, I don't know how we're going to, how we're going to practice all of them. Um, So when you look at this Syracuse defense, when you watch it, what is something that stands out to you? I know Mikhail Jones is such a crucial part to what they have on this defense. Yeah, it really does all start with Michael Jones and that linebacker group. Marlo Wax is kind of like the A1 to Michael Jones A. Like they are playing at an elite level right now, two of the best linebackers in the ACC, in my opinion. It really starts with that group, high motor guys that can get after the quarterback, stop the run, and really starts up there. And then the defensive line has been a very pleasant surprise for Syracuse this year, too. This was a group with not a ton of experience, but they're young, athletic. They're getting after it. Dino Baber said they're going to make mistakes. we got to learn from them, but they're playing with a lot of energy, which has been crucial. But then also the cornerbacks and the defensive backs as a whole, as I said, that will also be a key matchup on the other side of the ball, those big Virginia wide receivers. I think um, it was, who is it? Take, give me one of the receivers' names. Octavian Wicks? Katon Thompson. Oh, Katon Thompson, the, uh, yeah. In the press conference with Dino Babers, someone asked him how he was going to plan on defending Katon Thompson. And he said, I don't think we have anyone who can jump with him. So <laughs> that's going to be an interesting thing as well, because I think both their cornerbacks, Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams, great players, but around six feet tall versus six five Katon Thompson. So that will be something to look out for as well. But this defensive unit has really been pretty well-rounded this year. Some of the pieces that we thought might have been a little bit of a weakness, specifically the defensive line, have really showed up this year. And um, definitely the strength of the team, even though the offense is moving a lot better, this this team comes and goes with the defense for sure. Yeah, KT is known as Mr. Trick Bag, James. So yeah, expect something from him. They're at, they've actually used a little bit more Jeff sweeps and a little bit more motion with him. So they've been involving in how they use him. He actually started as a quarterback. Um, in oh. the college game before moving to wide receiver and kind of uh, Anai actually called him Mr. Football. So if you ever oh. ask Anai a question, he was known as Mr. Football when he was That's here great. at Virginia. Um, so finally, we always have to ask, when you look at this matchup, what is your prediction? I think Syracuse will get it done, but I do think this is going to be a really highly contested game. I think that Syracuse defense is going to be the key here. Brennan Armstrong, excellent quarterback. I think he's going to get his numbers. I think he's going to throw for plenty of yards, a couple touchdowns in there as well. But I do think that Syracuse defensive front is going to get after him, pressure him, put him in, put him in some uncomfortable situations, potentially cause a turnover or two. And then on the other side of the ball, it's can Virginia really come out and do exactly what Purdue did, but try to hold it for all four quarters, which is easier said than done, because as we saw, Syracuse kind of broke free there. I think that it's going to be a one-possession game for most of it, but I do believe Syracuse will pull away in the end. Yeah, the uh, the betting went from, I think, Virginia with a slight favorite to now Syracuse. I think 10 points is the last time yeah, I checked. that was so. the last time I checked, too. I think it could be somewhere around there, but definitely in that one possession to about 10-point range is where, where I would say it would go. So Vegas agrees with you, James. So uh-huh. thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Have a good one. And thanks again for James for joining us on the show. It's really great to have another team's perspective or another beat writer's perspective on the team they cover. Obviously, I can't know the ins and outs 
of the other team as well as they can. So I really appreciate James coming on the show. And this is where I put myself on the line and I give my prediction of the game, just like I put James on the line with his prediction. And unfortunately, for the first time this season, I am not going to pick Virginia to win. I think at the end of the day, I do see this UVA defense and UVA offense showing progress. I do not think the UVA offense has shown enough yet. And if they do this game, that's great. But right now, I don't see enough from this UVA O-line or UVA offense clicking to say that they'll be able to match up well with Syracuse defense in front and their multiple looks. I think that's going to be a big challenge for them. Now, if Anai decides to throw it to an offensive lineman, well, what can you do? So for right now, I think Vegas is right. I think James is right. I think Syracuse will beat Virginia by 10. So thanks for joining us on this episode of the good old podcast. I will be traveling to Syracuse. So I will be there to watch the Cavaliers play against orange on Friday night. So I will have complete post-game coverage on Wahoo's 24 seven. I will also have post-game video interviews right here on YouTube, as well as on Wahoo's 24 seven. And then as far as your listen, as far as your podcast, We'll have one right back here on Monday morning. So for James Finneral, I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And hope you guys have a great rest of your week.